Life can be stressful, even under normal circumstances. 2020 has challenged even the most difficult times of life. You need stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes. That's Headspace. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research and can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Go to headspace.com slash C-suite for a free one-month trial. Headspace.com slash C-suite. This is the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. Here's Robert Kiyosaki. Hello, hello, hello. It's Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. So we have a very exciting show for you today. It's about how you can survive in the world without having to compete. You know, everybody's so competing, competing, competing. It's a win-lose world, but you don't have to play your life that way. I mean, Kim and I don't. We don't compete with anybody. We have make a lot of money, we do what we do, but we operate upon certain guidelines and principles, like we don't compete. You know, why would I compete with somebody who's already doing a better job than me? It makes no sense to me. So anyway, Kim, what do you want to say about that? Well, I, I think uh, we've kind of lived our life that way all always. I mean, since I've met you, and we do operate on what we call generalized principles, and uh, we've always looked at what what can we create, what business can we create that nobody else is doing? Because if if we're going to build another car, we don't need another car. <laughs> if we're going to build a new line of skincare, we don't need another line of skincare. So so this is going to be exciting because we're going to be talking about how do you set yourself apart? How do you become unique so that you don't have to compete? What a novel idea. And for people who know are familiar with the Rich Dad brand, you know, most financial education, well, first of all, there's, no, there's none in schools, which is a very big problem. But financial education comes from banks and Wall Street. And that's why so many people are saving money, stocks, bonds, ETFs, mutual funds, and all that. That's financial advice from the man, the establishment. And so I don't want to get into that mess. There's other people who do that. There's people like Susie Orman, you know, who say, cut up your credit cards and all that. Well, that's good advice for poor people. I'm not a poor person. I've no intention of being a poor person. And there's guys like Dave Ramsey who said, live debt free. Now, the banks don't like him for that advice, but you know, personally, I love debt. I make a lot of money via debt. And then there's Tony Robbins who was saying become a billionaire with an ETF. Well, I don't know how you can do that, but I'm sure a, cu a couple of people have. But I just don't get into that mess. You know, I believe personally in financial education, we keep it really, really simple. We have a cash flow game and we have people teaching people. And we have real people in the real world of business who are our teachers for the cash flow clubs. So we just stay away from the mess of Wall Street, the banks, Government and all those institutions. I don't compete with Susie Orman. If you're in credit card debt, go talk to Susie. You want to live debt-free and buy ETFs? That's Dave Ramsey and Tony Robbins. That's not what we do. So if you read the title for Rich Dad Poor Dad, it says what the rich teach their kids about money that the poor and middle class do not. I personally don't save money. I personally use a lot of debt, hundreds of millions in debt. And we don't call our house an asset. So those are the very big different thing. But our businesses run on people teaching people via the cash flow game. And our cost per person is very low because we don't charge them any money. And that's kind of been the philosophy and why Rich Dad has done so well. So I'm very happy to have Renee Malborn. And she and Chan Kim have, have done fantastic works with the 
book is called Blue Ocean Strategies in 2005, and our latest book is Blue Ocean Shift. And what I'm very happy about is Renee has been able to put into words that corporate America and hopefully the education system can hear because you don't have to compete. You see, in the real world, your only competition is the future. It has nothing to do with Tony Robbins or for me or Dave Ramsey or Susie Orman or the banks or Wall Street. It's really what are you going to do in the future? Your competition lies in the future, not in what people are doing today. And the good news is if you focus on what's going on in the world today, there's more opportunity than ever before as long as you don't have to compete against some other person who's doing a better job than you. That's it. So, Renee, welcome to the program. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. And I loved your introduction about how you set out to create a blue ocean by not looking to the competition. And the other people, Dave Ramsey or Tony Robbins, who really started the whole life coaching industry today, became a $2 billion industry. Many people are in it. So the opportunities are infinite. And I think the premise, of course, Blue Ocean Strategy in our new book, Blue Ocean Shift, is as you articulate that we can all move beyond cutthroat markets with bloody competition, what we think of as you know, a red ocean full of sharks that we're all experiencing today, or most people are, to this wide open, uncontested markets that we think of as blue oceans. So, so and Renee, that was a paradigm we set up to lay out. So how do you define blue ocean? So blue oceans are new market space where you make competition irrelevant. So you're challenging the existing assumptions of the industry. So they're new markets you're carving out. Yeah, but also it's how, it's how you reach them with the things like that. Like, you know, um, I was on a debate years and years ago, and the guy was a Michael Porter fan. And he's a very yes. articulate person from Harvard, I believe. And he is all about competition. And I would say you guys are exact opposite of Michael Porter. Would you say that? I think a lot of people have juxtaposed us. You know, Michael Porter is about how do I compete in the existing industry? And I take the existing industry for granted, the existing rules of the game, and I try to position myself within that. So how do you not well, compete? Ocean strategy, what we say is that that existing industry today, when demand exceeds supply, that's okay. In the 1980s, that was the situation in America. Demand exceeds supply. But today, where supply exceeds demand, competing in existing industry gets you marginal gain with a lot of effort. So what we need to do is how to go beyond existing industries and create new markets or blue oceans. Well, on the other side of it, you know, the, that uh, IPO was Blue Apron or something like that. And mm -hmm. and what they're doing is they're, they're sending food to your, to your home via the yes. web on all this stuff. And I looked at it and I looked at the IPO and I'm going, Jesus, your, your cost of acquisition of customer is so high. I don't know how you stay in business. And it, mm -hmm. it proved they came out with their IPO and the share price dropped because yes. the cost of acquisition of customers way too high. They're, they're not really, it's, it's too high, it's too expensive. Well, Robert, you're hitting on a great point. So, you know, some people try to create niche markets, but niche markets are not necessarily a blue ocean. Blue ocean, is, the definition is you're pursuing differentiation and low cost simultaneously right? because your objective is not only a win for the market, it's a win for you. That's what you're in business for. You need profit to be sustainable. What they're seeing in Blue Apron is, yes, yeah, some people may really love you, but how are you going to make money when your cost of acquisition is so high? So what are you going to do to drive up value to the market? You offer quantum leap in value to buyers, so we 
don't have customers, we have fans. But at the same time, what are you going to do to drive down your cost structure so that you can make money on it? Right. So being just differentiated with a high cost structure is not the definition of a blue ocean. Right. And for the Rich Dad company, our cost of acquisition for customers is almost zero. Yep. You know, there you go. We, I mean, it's, it's changed in the last few years, but the reason we, we started 20 years ago based on the assumption of bypass the schools, bypass Wall Street, bypass the banks, and have people teach people. So we have thousands of cash flow clubs all over the world. And our cost of acquisition is near zero because it's called, you know, some people call it viral and all that stuff, but it's just people teaching people and they're knowing that the banks and the schools are not going to teach them that stuff. And, and Renee, you'll love this because when you talk about Blue Ocean, you talk about Blue Ocean being um, an unknown marketplace, right? There's no competition and, and demand is created. So you'll love this. Correct. When we started out, when we started with our cash flow game, um, there was nothing like it. There was nobody teaching a board game on on, on investing and, and money. And um, mm -hmm. so people would say to us, oh, what do you think? You're going to build it and they will come? And we're like, yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of what happened. Word of yeah. mouth, it, well, you it, know, the demand I, was when there. When I look at you, when, Kim, when I hear what you're saying, you know, and this is what the whole Blue Ocean Shift process does, right? It's teaching people that are currently stuck in that red ocean of Me Too competition. We benchmark the competition so much that we actually commoditize ourselves, which is what most industries do. What does that, what does that mean? Themselves. What, what does that mean by commoditize yourself? Well, you look at, you know, you want to stand apart. So to stand apart, you watch what the competition does. And when they move, you move and you match them. And without you realizing it, you all start to mimic one another and look the same. So in your effort to stand apart, you actually look exactly like them. So you look at any bank in the world, you walk into anyone, any other than the language, almost all the same. Any gas station in the world, almost all the same. You go to a classical music orchestra in the world, almost all the same. They're internally talking to each other within the silo of their industry, and they all start to look the same. So in their effort to stand apart, they ironically make themselves look like one another. Amen. And then they wonder why there are me too. And Amen. Yet so what you're tired saying, and exhausted. Yeah, what you're saying is so valuable for most people because they're like sheep, you know. They or they just follow the herd. I was on. A, well, I was on. A, I was being interviewed by this reporter, and you know, as Buffett says, where our, our economy is only as good as our financial reporters, and I think that's why we're in trouble. But this person kept saying, "Tell me what to do. Tell me what to do." Mm -hmm. And I said, "If you can't think for yourself, why should I tell you what to do?" And I think that's one of the hardest things. And so she said, well, you mean save money and invest for the long term in a well-diversified portfolio and ETFs and bonds? Because that's all she knows. Because that's what they're doing. They're being told what to do. And we wonder why they get crushed when the market crashes. It's really, yeah. it's yeah. tragic. So well, we're, we're so contrarian in the marketplace. That's, that's what gives us kind of an edge, but it also keeps us in a lot of trouble with the establishment. Yeah. You know, I think you're hitting on another very important point here, though, in a sense. One is, of course, the more you look to the competition to beat them, the more you end up looking like them. Amen. Yes. So Amen. You, you make yourself similar to everyone else. So you can't look to the competition for insights um, if your attempt is to create a new market space. But the second thing is people are asking, how do I think? You see, we're so trained to look to the competition in business because that's something tangible in front of us. There's lots of tools and processes to how to benchmark rivals and do better than them. But what the market hasn't had are practical tools and steps to go from competing to creating. So when 
you know, a long time ago, quality was something that no one could see or touch. But Six Sigma comes along and said, there's a process for it. Suddenly, everyone else has iOS standards today across the world. They never imagined because we taught people how to think. So some people like yourself, Steve Jobs, you're intuitive. You get it. You're naturally moving. You're a natural blue ocean strategist. A lot of people aren't, though. And the question is, how do we make the ordinary people extraordinary? How do we make them understand how to see new opportunities when all they see are tired red oceans around them? Or, or, and I think or, that's one of the things we're excited about is giving people some tools and some practical steps that they can do to start thinking differently so they can see opportunities instead of seeing the red oceans around them. Once again, that's Robert what, how do you shift from red to blue? Right. Once again, Robert mm -hmm. Kiyosaki, Rich Dad Radio Show. We have a very important guest. Her name is Renee Mauborn. And her, she is talking about Blue Ocean Shift, Blue Ocean Strategy, her books. And in other words, the way I used to say it, there's a world of abundance. There is so much money out there. I just can't understand, you know, like unemployment's going up again and all this stuff. And then people sit there and watch that stuff. And I'm going, geez, there is so much money. There is so much opportunity. But they're clinging to job security. They go back to school to look for a job that doesn't exist anymore. And I'm going, mm -hmm. guys, nuts. So well, this is a very, very important book for those of you ready to, ready to shift from red oceans, which is competition, cutthroat, which and is, nastiness. Which is cutthroat competition that turns the ocean bloody, which is why it's called Red Ocean. And then to and the then Blue Ocean. So when we come back, we'll have more Renee Malborn, and she'll be talking more about how you can make the shift. Look, ladies and gentlemen, there's more money in the world than ever before but there's also more competition from people who cannot think. You're listening to the Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Thanks for tuning in to the Rich Dad Radio Show. If you like what you're hearing, go to iTunes or Android, subscribe to the show, and leave a rating and review to help other financially-minded people like you find the Rich Dad Radio Show. Thanks for tuning in and keep on learning. Every business owner and real estate investor needs asset protection. Entities like LLCs, S, or C-Corps are vital to protect yourself and your business. Let Corporate Direct guide you through the process of forming a corporation or LLC. Corporate Direct is owned by Rich Dad Advisor Garrett Sutton and is Robert Kiyosaki's choice for corporate formation. Mention Rich Dad and receive $100 off a formation. Call 800-600-1760. That's 800-600-1760 or visit online at CorporateDirect.com. That's CorporateDirect.com. Your financial education continues. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki and the Rich Dad Radio Show. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news about money. And we're talking about sailing away out of the red ocean and get into the deep blue waters of money and plenty and not all that stuff you're taught in, I guess, business school, how to compete, how to be a better competitor and all that. Look, ladies and gentlemen, your only competition is the future. You know, if you're not preparing for the future, you're going to be wiped out. It's already upon us. So you can listen to the Rich Dad Radio program anytime, anywhere on iTunes and Android. And all of our programs are archived at the Rich Dad Radio Show because... We archive them because two things. One is repetition is how you learn better. So you listen to this program again, you'll learn even more about how to, how to get into the blue ocean and stop worrying about job security and making enough money because there's plenty of money out there. 
And the second reason, if you have friends, family, or business associates who do need to listen to the story of the blue ocean versus the red ocean of scarcity and lack and competition and nastiness, well, tell them to pull their head out of you know where, get the Blue Ocean Shift book, Blue Ocean Strategy book from our guest, Renee Mauborn, because that's really the way that Rich Dad Company operates. We don't compete. We don't compete. You know, why would I compete with Anthony Robbins on ETFs? I think they're terrible investments, but for 90% of the people, you should have ETFs. Rich Dad believes in financial education, so you don't have to buy ETFs. But very few people can do what we do, unfortunately. Kim, what do you want to say? Well, when we talk about the blue ocean, I'm looking at Rich Dad, and, and our blue ocean, really, at Rich Dad, is we teach what the rich know. We yeah. teach what the rich know. That's our blue ocean. And our guest, Renee Mauborn, she and her co-author, Chan Kim, wrote a fantastic book called Blue Ocean Strategy, and their new book is Blue Ocean Shift. She also served on uh, President Barack Obama's Board of Advisors on Historically Black Colleges and Universities. Um, her website, blueoceanstrategy.com. Renee, I have a question. Wait, wait. She's also oh, yeah. a fellow yep. of the World Economic Forum. And congratulations okay. on all your success, Renee. Thank you so much. And I'm glad you're I'm glad you're writing about blue oceans and not red oceans. And and yeah. I you know I I love what you say about blue ocean. It's it's the unknown marketplace. It's the unknown versus all of the industries existing today are red oceans where everybody competes. So give me a, a one or two good examples of blue ocean companies today. Okay, I want to back up for one second though and say Robert to build off one thing you said. If you want to understand anyone out there how to really create what Robert did, actually, with Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you have the idea, but your business model from bringing the rich ideas to the poor, from making it technical to fun, I really think that in that sense, Blue Ocean Shift really gives you insight into the mind map that you two use to build your business, which is really exciting as we're having these discussions to see how much you are creating that blue ocean. Yeah, and, and we don't but talk we to just at... poor people because really you cannot help a poor person. I really am not here. I am not uh, an elite you know, guy like that. I don't think giving people money and bailing people out is rich. I talk to people who are entrepreneurs, not corporate guys, and people who are entrepreneurs, we can create our own investments. I don't have to buy stocks, bonds, mutual funds, or save money because I am an entrepreneur. So our, mar our target market is really proactive entrepreneurs, not poor people, not the middle class, because as you know, the middle class is being hollowed out today just by, for many reasons, technology, globalization, as well as bad financial leadership from the, our leaders. So that's why the Rich Dad yeah. Company is here. And all we did is we took a very simple thing called, the, we took the, I learned about money playing Monopoly so we just stepped up the ca monopoly game into the cash flow game. It's the only game that teaches people a financial statement. So the people are mm -hmm. having fun, but learning probably the, the fundamental of being rich is you have to have a financial statement. And the average person doesn't have a financial statement. They don't even know what it is. They don't have a, all they have is a FICO score. That is how illiterate people are. So I had to find a way of teaching people that was simple enough that they'd have fun learning. And that was our process, right, Kim? That was it. That was so it. So that was 20-something years ago. Yep. And it's mm -hmm. people teaching people, bypassing schools and bypassing the financial system. I love my bank. The bank gives me lots of money. I love those guys. But I don't want to save money with them. There's a difference, okay? 
So, Kim, to go to you. So, you know, when we started our research, we started studying all organizations that created Blue Ocean. So it could be Apple, it could be NetJet, it could have been Cirque du Soleil, a wine that took over America, Yellowtail that did fantastically, created a new market by making a wine that's fun and accessible that you drink every day, not only on special occasions. Renee, I hate to tell you this, but but Kim really despises Yellowtail. I like the story. No, it's a great market. It's a great business story. It's not my wine. I I, I read your piece on Yellowtail and said, I have a wife who's a wine snob. (laughs) I thought that was funny. But it was a great example. Yes, a great example. Very powerful to pull in only people to the market, right? Wine is small. But what really happened then, if I say, is how many people came up and they said the exact same thing that you were both raising. But my issue is I'm not run by Steve Jobs. And I don't have Robert Kiyosaki or Kim as my leaders. And I don't have Warren Buffett owning me or Guy La Liberté who created Cirque du Soleil. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm an aspiring entrepreneur, but I'm not them. How do I, therefore, challenge the assumptions of my industry and move from red to blue? Because that's my ambition. I don't want competition, but show me how to get there. So that's where we did for Blue Ocean Shift. We spent the last 10 years studying organizations and companies around the world, national governments, independent and entrepreneurs that are applying the ideas to shift from red to blue. So let me share with you just one example of that, if I may. So you know, here's this French multinational, old company. It sells, of all things, electric French fry makers. It's one of them, right? And they're all struggling in this bloody red ocean. They sell to hypermarkets. We all know how intense that is. And the whole industry is only competing on price. It's declining in value 10% a year. So people are like, well, what can we do? So the head of electrical cooking sets out and he says, you know what? I want to apply this blue ocean approach, and I want to see if we can challenge the assumptions and think differently. We've always thought we had to follow the competition, but let's take a breather and see if we can think differently. They start to apply the tools, and as they do, they first find out, of course, that they all look alike because they've all looked to one another. That point about benchmarking competition makes you like everyone, doesn't let you stand apart. Second thing they found, though, in looking at the process is that they discovered there were two assumptions the entire industry acted on that defined the essence of the industry that no one ever questioned. And what were they? That making a French fries requires frying and oil. That's so obvious. But those assumptions were so paramount to the industry that no one ever thought to question them. And when they went through the process, they started to find out that by not questioning them and not even thinking through them, it created a host of problems for buyers. So if I have a French fry maker, buying the oil is expensive. It's dangerous to use when it's hot in my home. I can't throw the oil out. I don't know what to do. Um, It makes cleanup really hard. My house smells. And the French fries have so many calories. And they said, why should we compete along that? Why do we have to make the best French fry maker? Why can't we redefine the problem of the industry and figure out how can we make great, great French fries with no frying and no oil and remove all those pain points our industry has imposed on buyers and never even thought about it because we thought that is the definition of a French fry maker. And what they came up with is a product called ActiFry. It was a French fry maker that uses high force, The French fries go around only at the last second, sprays at very high heat, uh, one tablespoon of oil on two pounds of fries. So what's the bottom line? The bottom line is I have a French fry maker that requires 
one tablespoon of oil drops calories by 40%, drops fat by 80%, makes cleanup easy. I don't need to buy the oil, and it doesn't even smell in my French fry maker. And the minute I do that, I start to find out I can pull in all non-customers to my industry. These are all health-conscious people because most people love fries, but they'll say, no, not me. I've got to watch my waistline. I'm not going to buy a French fry even though I want one. That's my favorite but they made luxury it food. To them. <laughs> it's my yeah. favorite luxury and food. So what happens? <laughs> The demand for the industry grows up by 40% because of the launch of the product. The price point goes up by more than 30% because they're able to do this. And Oprah Winfrey gets a hold of one. She tweets how much she loves it without the company paying her to do it, she announces. And the stock price goes up 5%. But here's a perfect example of a company. And 10 years out, they're still the market leaders in what they're doing around the world. And this has gone global, this product. It's called ActiFry. And because they questioned that, redefined the problem in it, they were able to see all the pain points their industry imposed that they never even noticed, right? And I think that was the power, and that gave them the insight to redefine the problem and create this whole blue ocean where they had no competitors, took an industry declining by 10% in value, grew it 40% in value, got Oprah to tweet, created fans or so many YouTube videos on it, and lifted the price point of the industry. That's the power, and that's what this process does. It teaches you how to question those assumptions that we don't even know we're making and how to pursue in that process who are the non-customers that we could pull in to grow the industry. So I go back to you two. Look how much you're growing the industry, putting the lessons of the rich in the hands of every entrepreneur, decoding that, but doing it in a fun way through your games, not just a technical, boring way in coaching, right? And you're growing more and more and more demand. Or serving That's the people. That's what that process lets you do. Our number one, our number one focus is how many people can we serve, not how much money we can make. That's a very big yes. difference. So once again, our guest well, today is Renee Malborn, and she's talking about how you can go from red ocean to blue ocean, which is really what very important book is. Her latest book is called Blue Ocean Shift, but her book that came out in 2005 was called Blue Ocean Strategy, and her website is blueoceanstrategy.com. And for all of you who are kind of struck, and you use the word quite a bit, it's kind of a paradigm. It's how you look at something. And the thing that I've always been saying to somebody is, why would you save money when the government's printing money? I get so much pushback from that because they are, they've been told to save money. Or what about job security? I said, can't you tell there's less and less job security? But people cannot shift because the paradigm was they were taught by mommy and daddy to go to school, get a job, save money, and buy a house and invest in the stock market. And the reason they can't change is because those paradigms are in the way. So we come back, we'll be talking more to Renee. Again, her book is called Blue Ocean Strategy, came out in 2005, member of Barack Obama's Board of Advisors, and also a member of the World Economic Forum. And the new book is called Blue Ocean Shift, Beyond Competing, Proven Steps to Inspire Confidence and Seize New Growth. So if you are looking for how to go from red ocean to blue ocean, this is your how-to manual. This is how you do it. You're listening to The Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Rich Dad Coaching offers a phenomenal variety of services and custom strategies, all aimed at ensuring a secure, comfortable, and rich future for you and your family. Now you can get weekly access to exclusive Rich Dad Coaching services through our live stream events. Go to richdad.com and click on the On Demand banner at the top of the homepage. Great new videos are updated regularly. 
Get inside knowledge and insights from Robert Kiyosaki himself, Rich Dad Coaching Professionals, and more. Go to richdad.com and click on the On Demand banner at the top of the homepage. This is the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. Here's Robert Kiyosaki. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. And you can listen to the Rich Dad program anytime, anywhere on iTunes or Android. And all of our programs are archived at richdadradio.com. We archive them so you can listen to them again. Because repetition is one of the best ways to learn. Many times, you know, I've gone over this one book now seven times. And every time I go through it, I, see, I read and hear something new because it's worth going through. So Rich Dad Radio archives our program so you can listen to it again, especially this program, about how you can see the blue ocean instead of the red ocean. And um, you can talk to your friends, family members, and business associates because it would help to open up their eyes too. Our special guest today is Renee Malborn, and she is a spectacular CV on President Barack Obama's Board of Advisors on historically backed colleges and universities. And also she's a fellow of the World Economic Forum. She has two books, Blue Ocean Strategy, came out in two, 2005. Her latest book is Blue Ocean Shift, came out in September 2017, right now. And our website is blueoceanstrategy.com. Any comments, Kim? Well, I think this is fascinating because a lot of people don't understand how to create a blue ocean company, much less if you're in a red ocean com company, which is basically you're competing, you're lowering your price, you're, you're taking on everybody else versus a new innovative idea, um, I think is fascinating. So, Renee, quickly, in terms of Red ocean thinking versus blue ocean thinking. What in, yeah. in a person's mindset? What's the difference? I think there are four key differences, uh, Kim. Uh, first is that a red ocean strategist always takes the industry conditions as given, and you try to position within. And what a blue ocean strategist does, they recognize that as industry conditions were created by individual firms, individual firms can shape them. So they set out to shape industry conditions. They don't take them for granted. So in the French fry maker case I just talked about, they didn't accept that the industry was declining. By applying the blue ocean shift process, they moved from red to blue by challenging and know they could shape it. That great ideas can turn an unattractive industry attractive. The second thing is they don't seek to beat the competition. Instead, they seek to make it irrelevant. They never assume that just because competition is doing something, it's the right thing to do. And so instead of going to be 5% better than their competitors, they push themselves to how can I make competition irrelevant and earn fans, not just customers. How, how did, and that pushes them how to did for so, quantum leap. How did Southwest mm -hmm. Airlines do that? I mean, their whole thing was, you know, we're going to be the low-priced sure. air, air yeah. carrier. Well, that, that's very good. That's one of the processes in the book. And what they did is Southwest Airlines, look, there was two alternative industries at the time. There was flying and there was driving, right? So one of the paths to create a blue ocean is to say, why do people trade across, right? That's one of the ways in the book that we articulate. You choose flying, not for first class, business class, not for food. For only one reason does that industry exist, speed. And then they say, well, why do people drive? Frequent departures, and I, I leave when I want, lower cost. And what they said is, can I combine the best of those two industries eliminate everything else the industries compete on and create a blue ocean. So what are they? They are frequent departures at low price with a speed and actually faster than an airplane because they go from the secondary airports, right? 
So they open up a whole new market. They often grow demand by up to 85% on the new routes they grow because people who drove now start to fly. And they're both that we talked about differentiated and low cost, which is like different from Blue Apron, which is differentiated like with a high cost to go back to our beginning discussion. And, that, and that's why they're looking for, they're not, yep. they're not looking so, at the existing customers, it's, it's new customers. Well, they're doing two things. One is they're not benchmarking existing airlines, because if they did, the more they look to the existing airlines, the more they would have looked like them, right? So we teach them, and one of the key paths or steps are, how do I learn to systematically reconstruct industries, know which ones to combine? So they knew they could draw on airplanes and cars. We often waver between those as consumers, and they try to get the best of both and eliminate everything else at Southwest. But the second thing is, Yes, they look to non-customers, not customers. And they realize that non-customers have the most insight into the hidden pain points of an industry that we don't even recognize within ourselves and the points of intimidation. So, you know, if you look at even classical music concert industries today, they're all declining. No one goes to classical music. One man, Andre Ryu, today, he's for two decades now, in the top 25 billboard, he sells out just like Bruce Springsteen and Madonna, Britney Spears. What did he do? He said, well, classical music concerts, they are shrinking. I'm going to look at everyone that refuses that industry, all the non-customers. They found out people don't understand the proper conduct. It makes them feel stupid to go. The location of fancy theaters is intimidating. Uh, they don't even know when to clap or not clap in between the musical composition. It's kind of an uptight feeling as opposed to being relaxed. And so what he did, he shifted from red to blue by saying, I'm going to take this industry and make it very emotional and fun. He reconstructed elements of pop concerts with classical. He's light music classical. He does waltzes, but he has fireworks, and then he has Mary Poppins coming down on a light, and he has some Celine Dion songs and lets waltzing in the aisles. And he has created, so his concerts often have 10 to 15,000 people versus a regular orchestra, and his profit is enormous around the world. And then, Robert, to your point about costs, he has, I think, 50 members of his orchestra versus more than 100 of an average orchestra because he uses the amplifier system. He has 50 musicians versus 118 for the average orchestra, 60 administrative staff versus about over 150 for the average orchestra, and he only performs 85 times a year versus 120 concerts. So what am I doing? I'm dropping my costs. But what is his revenues? $58 million a year versus like the New York Philharmonic is around 30 almost double. So what am I doing? I look to all my non-customers. I find out why they were turned off by the industry and intimidated. That told me how to grow and pull all those people into the industry. And here he looked across pop concerts and classical music, kind of combined the best of both. He gave the customer what they really wanted. He brought the cost down. He made it fun and he made it relevant for today's audience. I mean, it's fantastic. But here's the deal, Robert. If we don't know different, if we ask the same questions, we get the same answers. When we ask customers, what do they want? They usually echo back, give me more of what you have. Right, that's, why, that's why focus groups don't work. That's right. You know? And so the real question is, for everybody then, is what if people are as bright or as stupid as the questions we ask them? So when I ask people, why do you refuse a classical music concert instead of going there? Now I'm asking a different concert or answer. Yep. Then I start to find out the points of intimidation, right. which allows me to be able to reconceive 
what my industry, my blue ocean opportunity is. And I'm really glad you're defining the difference between red oceans and blue oceans because my, you know, the philosophy at Rich Dad is there's more money and more opportunity than ever before, yet the people that go to school are still looking for jobs or trying to save money to buy a house and investing in the stock market. And my, 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 my thought on that, that's ridiculous. We've got to teach people how to invest for themselves. So I thank you for doing a valuable service. Please get her book, Blue Ocean Shift and Blue Ocean Strategy. Thank you very much, both thank of you. Thank you, Renee. It was fantastic. Appreciate it. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank, thank you for you your gift. So when we come back, we're going to the most popular part of our program. It's Ask Robert. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Every business owner and real estate investor needs asset protection. Entities like LLCs, S, or C-Corps are vital to protect yourself and your business. Let Corporate Direct guide you through the process of forming a corporation or LLC. Corporate Direct is owned by Rich Dad Advisor Garrett Sutton and is Robert Kiyosaki's choice for corporate formation. Mention Rich Dad and receive $100 off a formation. Call 800-600-1760. That's 800-600-1760, or visit online at CorporateDirect.com. That's CorporateDirect.com. The key to achieving your dreams is to develop a rich mindset instead of an excuse mindset. Instead of saying, I can't afford that, ask yourself, how can I afford that? It's amazing how a simple shift in thinking can open a world of new ideas and endless possibilities. Let the Rich Dad Company help kickstart your journey to financial freedom. Robert Kiyosaki and the Rich Dad Company have compiled Robert's top secrets to creating a rich mindset, now available in a 10-minute ebook, How to Achieve a Rich Mindset. This offer is available for a limited time only, so get yours today. Get your free ebook, How to Achieve a Rich Mindset. Go to richdad.com and look for the banner. Again, this is available only for a few days, so act fast. Go to richdad.com and look for the How to Achieve a Rich Mindset banner. Log on to richdadradio.com while you listen. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki. Welcome back. Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. And once again, you listen to this program anytime, anywhere on iTunes or Android, and all of our programs are archived at richdadradio.com, so you can listen to this program again, especially for those of you who are stuck in the red ocean with competition, stupidity, declining prices, you know, Everybody's going broke around you. You're in the red ocean. And the people who are stuck in the red ocean right now, those afraid of losing their jobs, not making enough money. You know, I was in the, I was in, uh, the uh, department store the other day. The department store was empty. And I looked at all of these employees. They're just sitting around looking at me. I'm looking at them. There's no customers in there. And I'm kind of trying to say, man, don't you, get, don't you see the red ink you're singing, sitting in? They're dropping all their prices. They're doing this. Everything's on sale. They got more stuff on sale. I'm going, God, can't you guys see it? Next door, there's the big, re- I won't mention the name, the big retailer is out. That retail, that shopping center is going to be toast in a little while. And they sit there swimming in the red ocean. And the reason, you know, like when Kim and I is that I was a student of Buckminster Fuller for years. And it's really, really simple. We don't compete. We just look at what somebody's not doing. And all financial education today is driven from the banks who just ripped everybody off and Wall Street who's ripping everybody off. And these guys have packaged uh, mutual funds and ETFs. Well, if you like that stuff, good. Then you should do what they tell you. But I think, and I hope I'm wrong, 
But we're going into a major, major, major economic shift now. We're in the middle of it. And if you think saving money, buying a house, ETFs and mutual funds and job security are in your future, you're swimming in the red ocean sports fans. That's really what I'm saying, and let's listen to Rich Dad. So we talk to entrepreneurs, not poor people, but like she said, I talk to people who are proactive. You know, if you're just gonna sit there and do the same thing, you may as well stand up, bend over, and kiss your, your what, goodbye, because everything is changing now. And when Kim and I came out with the cash flow board game 20 something years ago, we hired this business consultant in and all this. And he looked at it and says, what did he say? He said, what do you think? You're going to build it and they're going to come? He couldn't see the demand for real financial education. Yeah, he didn't see it. Not from the school system, not from the banks, and not from Wall Street. And the idea of job security, sports fans, pretty obsolete idea. You know, you think you'll get a pay raise because you're a good employee? I think you're obsolete, man. You're obsolete. That's red ocean thinking. All you have to do is go to some big department store and look at these poor people clicking to a job and you can see the future right away. So that's why your true competition is the future. And if you're still clinging to old ideas, let's go to school, get a job, save money, get out of debt, you're swimming in red ink right now. Well, and that's what I mean. That's what Renee was talking about with with Blue Ocean. She's talking all these examples of of companies that shifted from Red Ocean to Blue Ocean. Ocean. What they did is they questioned the assumptions. So what you're saying, Robert, is you as an individual need to start questioning your own assumptions of save money, get out of debt, invest in mutual funds, get a safe, secure job, buy the house, you know, have the American dream. All of these assumptions. You got to start questioning your own assumptions because you're actually probably in your own stuck in your own red ocean. And that's why we have the Rich Dad Company is that the way we're blue ocean is that we just came out with our latest book, Why the Rich Are Getting Richer. We have 10 videos at the back of the book taught by real instructors, not phony school teachers. And what I mean by real is people who are doing the real thing, like Kenny McElroy, every day he is in real estate. Tom Wheelwright, every day he's in taxes. Andy Tanner, every day he's in options. Marcus going up and down. Darren Weeks, every day he's in raising and cap raising capital. The problem with most school teachers, they're not doing the real thing. They're talking about it. So this cash flow kit, right now we have people all over the world been doing it for twenty something years. People teaching people, bypassing the school system, bypassing the banks, bypassing Wall Street and all this, so you can think for yourself and maybe make your own decisions. And by the game, one game can teach thousands of people. That's a very efficient system of teaching. Or you can go to school and get come down loaded with student loan debt and learn nothing about money. So that's why Kim and I, 20 something years ago, we launched Rich Dad, the Rich Dad Company for a blue ocean. We make so much money. On top of that, we invested in apartment houses, not houses. And apartment houses are now the kick butt, right? Everybody's in apartment yeah. houses. Look, look all around my office here. 20 years ago, there was no apartment houses. Now, everywhere there's apartment houses, right, Kim? There are. There are. And I, you know, I look at the Rich Dad Company, and when we started, when we sat out and we said, what are we going to do? One of the first questions we ask is, what is needed and wanted that nobody's doing? And How do we reach more people? How do we yeah. serve more people at a lower price? It's really quite simple. It's not about how much money we can make. And when that... that corporate consultant 
pulpit guy said, well, if you build it, they will come. Well, I guess who he's teaching for now. He's teaching for a competitor. Anyway, so it's kind of interesting, sports fans. I won't mention the name, but um, it's an interesting time because most people are not creative thinkers. They can't think differently. Yeah. As Apple, as Apple says, think different. Yeah, and and look at we know we watch Shark Tank sometimes, and now you look at those people coming up, and are they just a, a new version of another product, or are they really creating something new and innovative that nobody yeah. else is doing? Steve Jobs was innovative, very, and he's 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 ripped out some of it. Another thing I want to talk about is Bitcoin. Everybody's asking me about Bitcoin. I was talking to a banker. He says it's, it's one of the, he says got to be very careful because it's a big scam right now. But he says, there's something about Bitcoin that will destroy the world. I said, what is that? He says, blockchain. He says, blockchain will put bankers out of business. So it's not so much Bitcoin. If you want to play with Bitcoin, you must play the stock market or flip houses and stuff like that. That's Bitcoin. But there's a new technology underneath Bitcoin called blockchain that if you're a banker right now and you think your job is secure, you may want to stand up, bend over, and kiss something goodbye because it's going to change on you. And that's what the Rich Dad Company is saying. You better start thinking differently. So we're going to ask Robert. You can submit your questions to ask Robert at richdadradio.com. And for those who have an opportunity, please get my latest book, Why the Rich Are Getting Richer, and, and possibly join a cash flow club and start learning. Start doing the real thing out there and learning from real people, not school teachers. First question, Melissa. Our first question today, Robert, comes from Jordan in Boise, Idaho. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. What was your business's original mission, and how has that mission evolved in the time since? It has never changed. What's the mission, Kim? Mission is to elevate the financial well-being of humanity, and we came up with that in 1996, and that's still the mission today, and we live it, we breathe it, our company does, um, and that's what we, we continue to do. Whatever our new venture is, whatever we take on, that's the mission. And it's exactly what Renee Malborn was talking about is that in 1996, the economy was booming. Everybody was in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, flipping houses and all that, and then what happened is the dot-com boom hit, the stock market crash, real estate market crash. Everything we were preparing for came true. So the, so the mission of the Rich Dad Company is even more true because if you're, if you're sending your kid to school for a safe, secure job, even school, schools are changing. You know, they're saying you should don't send your school for a college degree. Send your school to become a plumber or a tradesman or something because a college degree doesn't mean that much today. You know, all you're going to do is be an employee working with some idiot like me. So we really got to start questioning everything right now. Well, and, and Rich Dad, Poor Dad, one of the biggest assumptions that you put out there to question was your house is not an asset. That was a big question, an assumption, because everybody considered their home an asset. And every idiot still says, you said to save money. I didn't say to save money. <laughs> I said use debt to acquire real estate and pay no taxes. That's what the book, Why the Rich Are Getting Richer, is just on your shelves right now. Brand new book. It's the advanced version, graduate school for rich dad, poor dad readers. But I don't save money because money is trash. They printed so much of it during the crash of 2008. Why would you save it? There is more money sloshing around today than ever before, and the poor middle class are getting poor. That's because they have old assumptions. They probably went to school, and they can't think differently. Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Chelsea in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Favorite book, Rich Dad Guide to Investing. Did you have 
major competitors when you started. How did you plan to compete with them and how did that plan play out? That's a fantastic question because I really don't, I mean, I, I do what Renee Malborn talks about. I don't look at competition. I look at who's not doing the job. You know, those, I, it's gonna be a little too complex, but I don't do what somebody else is doing. It's a principle. It's called angular redundancy. I don't like trying to explain that. But if somebody's doing it, why would I do it? You know, like I, Kim and I was just in Los Angeles and on one street there was four coffee shops. I'm going, that's angular redundancy. You don't need four coffee shops. on. And the street was only like 100 yards. They had four coffee shops. That's somebody else doing what you're gonna do. I mean, that's stupid, right, Kim? Uh, yeah, and, and you know, we kept looking at what do we wanna do, what do we wanna create? And if somebody's doing it, it's not needed. I mean, you can do it better. If somebody can do it better, why let them do it better? I, you know, our competition, I look at our, com what was our competition starting out? Um, and, and really, I think the competition, although we didn't really look at it that way, was the school system. That really was our competition, was the school system. It's actually ignorance, and financial, stupidity. Yeah, and financial ignorance. But that's our blue ocean. That's the blue ocean. We teach what the rich do. That's our Tony, blue ocean. That's what, what we do differently. And what Tony Robbins is doing, he's telling people to invest in ETFs, exchange-traded funds. That's great, but what the trouble with an ETF is when the markets crash, they, have to, they can't change philosophy. You have, to change, you have to change it. But I wouldn't invest in an ETF because it's my money. I'd rather use debt. I'd rather use the bank's money, so I love my banker. Look, there's a slight difference in everything. So I don't compete against Tony, I don't compete against Dave Ramsey, and I don't compete against Susie Orman. But if you cannot control your spending, Susie Orman is your teacher. If you don't know how to use debt, Dave Ramsey is your teacher. You wanna just play it safe, ETFs, that's Tony Robbins is your teacher. Sports fans, that's not what the Rich Dad Company does. We sell financial education so you can live a better life, you know, happier. Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Braxton in San Francisco. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. What made you take the leap into entrepreneurship? Well, it's because... I, we didn't do very well with our jobs. Yeah, but more than that, <laughs> both, both Kim and I, our fathers lost their jobs. You have no idea. If you haven't lost your job yet, you have no idea what it does to a family. So I came back from Vietnam in 73. My dad was unemployed, PhD and he was unemployed, and that guy did not know what to do. He bought a franchise and lost everything. He doesn't. He was not a businessman. And I said, if I'm gonna do what my rich dad, my poor dad says was go to school, get a job, get my PhD, and work for the government, I'll wind up like my dad, poor dad. And I said, I'm not gonna follow in your footsteps. How about you, Kim? Well, my, my dad lost his job when he was in his 50s, and it was, it was devastating, um, and he, he at that point he kind of went from job to job and and he did okay because back then he had pensions you had pensions and they worked and he still had the and he had the insurance so he was okay for me you know you talked about never getting you know what it's like to get fired I got fired not once but twice and for me that was the best thing that could have happened because it kind of turned the lights on and said oh maybe this is not the path I need to go and that's when I started pursuing entrepreneurship and the reason I mentioned blockchain or you look at Airbnb and you, and you look at Uber and all these things, everybody was there clinging to the old ideas. You're toast, yeah. you're toast. You know, I was talking to this, Kim and I were talking about somebody says, are you guys in Airbnb? I said, you gotta be kidding me. There's no, I mean, I, I saw one of our friends taking these Airbnb clients through our house. 
That's not me, man. I, I'd rather buy 500 apartment houses. Oh, come on. You'd be so good running a bed and breakfast. <laughs> so I'm not, not Airbnb. Am I in Bitcoin? No, because I use debt and I like gold. And, you know, like I said, Bitcoin is blockchain and bankers are soon going to be out of business. I don't know if you know this, but the first law school closed in California because they can't find jobs for lawyers. Now, I think that's a good thing. On the bad side, it's going to make lawyers more and more competitive. They'll be ambulance chasers, and we have more lawsuits. That's why you got to listen to Garrett Sutton about how to cover your assets and start your, you know, control your own business because we're going to be more litigious. We're going to have civil unrest. You already see it all over the place. So that's why sports fans, you know, smell the coffee. Look around. It's changing. If you think you have job security, I think you're dreamland. You're really, really dreaming. Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Jerry in Ogden, Utah. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. What would you say is the number one reason people do not quit their current job and run their own business full time? Mm-hmm. Well, number one, not everybody should. You know, I mean, look, most people don't have it to be entrepreneurs. It's too hard. The regulations are too tough. The education requirements are too high. And so that's why people like my poor dad bought himself a franchise. It was a Swenson's ice cream franchise. He lost his butt because he was not a businessman. So if you don't know business, then there's two things you should do. First of all, start a net, join a network marketing company. So at least you learn how to handle rejection and sales and work as a team. Secondly, you may want to consider a franchise, but franchises are very, very expensive for a good one. Yeah. Well, they say, and they say with franchises, the, the people that do best in franchises are like middle managers because they have some business experience, but they also have a very uh, a system that they don't have to create. It's already there for them in a box. Yeah. We had a, Kim and I were at her, at her niece's wedding in Charleston, South Carolina, and I was really happy. I met a basketball coach who became a became a McDonald's franchise. Oh, he was doing well, too. He was funny. I yeah. laughed. And he says, you know how much money I was making a basketball coach? I said, not much. He says, nothing. And now I own like seven franchises. I'm a multimillionaire. And I said, do you like McDonald's? He says, love McDonald's. You know, so, well, you know, McDonald's is unhealthy. I said, well, it's all relative sports fans, you know. I would love to own a McDonald's franchise just because of the training you get. I would love to go through Hamburger University. You know what I mean? So that's why you and that's why you do something is for the education you get, not the money. Yeah, and that's a really good point because if you're going to start your own business, if you're starting it and the goal is because of money, forget it. It's it's you're going to quit. So you got to have a really really strong reason yeah. why you're going into business. You got to really believe in what you're doing because as soon as that first obstacle comes up and it's hard and all of a sudden you got to you got to think and you're going to you're going to quit if it's just about the money. And that first lawsuit, the first the first uh, employee who sues you for sexual harassment, that first employee who sues you, you just go on, why am I in this business? So once again, I want to thank Renee Marborn, fantastic book, Blue Ocean Shift, Blue Ocean Strategies. Her website is blueoceanstrategies.com. And thank you for submitting for uh, submitting questions to Ask Robert. You can submit your questions to Ask Robert at richdadradio.com. And thank you all for listening. Remember, there's a big blue ocean of abundance out there. Swim in it.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.